Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. As you think of what I'm going to share today here, uh, last words of people before they die. They're, they're often something that carries special significance for those that hear them. And sometimes people who know that they're going to die soon take that as an opportunity to say some things that they really want their hearers to remember. And, and that seems to be the case for us as we look at the Old Testament character of Moses. Last week I preached from Psalm 105. And that psalm has a great background into what we're going to be covering today in the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. And also next Sunday I'll be looking at another chapter in Deuteronomy. And it's also a good background for what's going to be coming up in the weeks ahead, a 10-week series that Pastor Ryan and I will be preaching on this fall, and something that you may have heard of before. It's called the Ten Commandments. I'm hoping that you have heard of that. Uh, last week we looked at Psalm 105. And we remind of how God had called a, a man named Abraham to, to leave his extended family and to go to a land that he was going to show him. And God declared to Abraham that he would bless him, that he'd give him that land, and that he'd give him as many descendants as the sand of the seashore and the stars of the sky, and that through a special descendant of him, all of the nations of the earth would be blessed. And so Psalm 105 then reviewed God's protecting Abraham's descendants and providing for them during a famine, um, which involved in sending them down to Egypt, um, where, where there was food stored up there. And while they were there, and then many years after that, then multiplying them so greatly that they grew to be over 600,000 people. And, and the Egyptians feared their number, and they enslaved them, and they treated them very harshly. And so God answered the cries of the Israelites um, as they prayed for help, and he sent Moses to lead them out of slavery in Egypt. And God then caused various plagues to fall on the land of Egypt until finally Pharaoh let people of Israel go. But then, later, Pharaoh changed his mind, and, and he went after them with his army. And, and so God provided a miracle there at the Red Sea as he walled up the, the waters of the Red Sea so they could walk right through on dry land, and then he sent the water crashing down on the Egyptian army. Well, after that, then God led the people of Israel through the wilderness and to the very edge of this promised land. And they sent some spies in to check it out, and, and ten of them came back so fearful that they convinced the people not to even try to enter it. And so God let them instead wander around in the wilderness there for 40 years until almost a whole generation had died, except uh, three that I know of, which would be Moses and Joshua and Caleb. And then God directed the Israelites to prepare to yet enter that land that he had promised to Abraham years before, except God also had made clear to even their leader, to Moses, that he would not be able to enter the promised land. He'd only be able to view it from a distance before he died. Instead, Joshua was going to lead them into it. And so what we have in the book of Deuteronomy then, and in chapter 4 that we look at today here, are some of Moses' last 
heartfelt words to the people of Israel. You might look at them as kind of a, a farewell speech as he was retiring and soon to die uh, and had been their leader for these years. The Old Testament book of Deuteronomy actually has 34 chapters and some biblical scholars have kind of looked on it as three different farewell addresses of Moses. Um, today we're going to look at chapter 4. In chapter 5 what we have is the list of the Ten Commandments as, as uh, Moses restates them for the people of Israel toward the end of his life. And then in chapter 6 um, we have what we're going to be looking at next week. And uh, that reminds us then of those Ten Commandments and, and, and how to pass them on and pass on the faith into the future generations. I invite you to look with me at chapter 4. We'll read the first 14 verses. And would you stand in reverence to God's word as we read? <clears throat> now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I am teaching you to perform, so that you may live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you. And you shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord has done in the case of Baal Peor. For all the men who followed Baal Peor, the Lord your God has destroyed them from among you. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. See, I've taught you statutes and judgments just as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do thus in the land which you are entering to possess it. So keep and do them, for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and, and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as, as the Lord our God whenever we call on him? Or what great nation is there that his statutes and judgments are, are as righteous as this whole law which I am setting before you today? <clears throat> Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen and you do not depart from your heart all the days of your life. But make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when the Lord said to me, Assemble the people to me that I may let them hear my words so that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth that they may teach their children. You came near to, and stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire to the very heart of the heavens, darkness, cloud, and thick gloom. Then the Lord spoke to you from the midst of the fire, and you heard the sound of words, but you saw no form, only a voice. And so he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, that is, the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments that you might perform them in the land where you are going over to possess it. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for this, this last words, or later words of, of Moses to the people of Israel that through your Holy Spirit are still quite relevant to us today. And we pray that you would apply it to our hearts and lives and that you would teach us from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, the subject of this farewell speech of Moses that day was the law of the Lord your God. It was the moral law that God had given to Moses and to the Israelites and really for all people in all times 
on tablets of stone back there at Mount Sinai. And, and in Deuteronomy here, it calls it Mount Horeb. And as I understand it, that's one and the same as, as Mount Sinai. And, and there are six points today that I want to focus on as we consider the law of the Lord God. First of all, what Moses is saying is, listen to it. Listen to it. Why? Because it's God's statutes, he says. Now that word statutes, it, it means things that are prescribed to do. Things written as a decree. And as we think of decrees, we tend to think of them as made by kings and rulers. And, and they declare then an expectation that is put on their subjects. Well, God has declared some things. He has made some decrees which he has a right um, then to expect that we, his subjects, listen to. And the law that Moses received from God then he calls statutes. He also calls judgments. And we learned last week from Psalm 105 that that word judgment is actually a legal term um, for a court's recorded decisions. Things that are written down then as a result of a court decision and they're written down as settled. And so think of, uh, of a judgment as a decision that is handed down by a judge. And that's essentially what God's law is since God as the creator of the universe and the creator of mankind is also our judge. And the moral law that he has given us then isn't something that's negotiable. It is a settled decision of God, establishing right and wrong for all mankind. And how far then our current culture has strayed from that perspective, as it's kind of tossed out this whole concept of moral absolutes and, and instead brands those that hold to God's moral law as being judgmental. Well, concerning God's law, then Moses says, first of all, Listen to it. It's statutes and judgments from God Almighty. And secondly, then, protect it. Protect its contents. Because they are God's settled decrees. And so don't add to them. And don't take away from them. Verse 2, you shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it. Because you see, adding to it changes it. And so does subtracting from it. Think of the... Pharisees in the New Testament, for instance, they added to it. They made it so long and so complicated that people couldn't even remember all the additional laws, much less follow them. It seems to me in our society today, the pendulum has swung much the other way. And people would like to subtract from God's moral law. Maybe just go with nine commandments, drop out the one of your choice, or something like that. Or maybe just... Go with one, since uh, most people still think it's wrong to murder most of the time. But some of those other commandments, they seem awfully old-fashioned for this century, people think, don't they? Well, maybe, as you think about the Ten Commandments, you're not so sure you can even remember all ten of them yourself. And, and Pastor Ryan and I want to help you with that as we review them uh, one at a time throughout the next weeks here. You might have noticed that both of the other scripture readings today talked of this thing of protecting the content of God's word. Matthew 5 there spoke of the danger of annulling even the least of God's commandments. Revelation 22 gave warnings about adding to or taking away from the words of that book. And so don't add to or subtract from God's commandments, Moses is saying here, but instead keep them. That is, know what they are and seek to follow and obey them. And for the people of Israel in Moses' day, then God was saying, if you'll listen to them, if you seek to live by them, then I'm going to give you possession of that land that I promised to Abraham. 
Thirdly, we see a warning here. He says, remember the case of Baal Peor. Baal Peor. Now, I have to say, this is one of those Old Testament accounts. It's kind of hard to know just how to explain in short order and with children present. But it's in the Bible, and it's a warning for all times. And so we need to understand some things about it. And Baal, what was the name of a false god of the people of Moab. And that's where they were as they were on the edge of entering into the Promised Land. They were in Moab. And the, Moabs, the Moabites believed that there was this god... Uh, they, they thought of it as the god of fertility. That they were to look to then for the fall and winter rains that would then revive the soil in the area so that they'd produce a crop the next year. And, and they also looked then to Baal to, to bring about kind of a, a mysterious life force to the land and, and to make the animals fertile as well. And, and so for them, worship of Baal, this fertility god, involved sexual orgies. And so while the people of Israel were living in the wilderness of Moab, they were invited by the Moabite people to participate in worship of Baal. And many of the Israelite men did so. And God was not pleased with this act of idol worship. And what God then asked Moses to do seems to us rather harsh. He said, take the leaders of these men and execute them in broad daylight and as an example to all. And there, it goes on to tell about one particular man who had taken a Moabite woman into his tent. And the book of Numbers, chapter 25, then talks of Phinehas, who was the grandson of Aaron, the high priest, who then took a spear into the tent and killed them both. Well, what Numbers 25 concludes, though, concerning this, is that that was a turning point as people recognized the need to fear God and his judgment, and, and, and it says there, so the plague on the sons of Israel was checked, and those who died by the plague were 24,000. No, I didn't get that number wrong. 24,000. Do you get now why Moses is saying here toward the end of his life, remember the case of Baal Peor. Don't forget that. Because sin is serious and God doesn't take lightly idolatry among his people. And God says here, then, or Moses says um, in verse, verse, uh, chapter, excuse me, verse 3 of chapter 4 here, he says, Your eyes have seen what the Lord has done in the case of Baal Peor. For all the men who followed Baal Peor, the Lord your God has destroyed them from among you. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today. Every one of you. And so he's saying here, concerning that case of Baal Peor, remember this. And remember about God's law then, that if you neglect it, what happens is you slip into worship of false gods, of idols. And God may then have to send judgment. And remember the men of Baal Peor who died, and let that be an ongoing warning for you. But he goes on to say, however, if you instead hold fast, to God's law. If you hold fast to the truth of God's word, then you're actually also holding fast to the true God. And he's reminding them, you who are here today and are listening are still alive because you've listened to the word of God. He goes on to the next one to say, number four then, appreciate your privileged nation status. In, in verses six to eight here, Moses is reminding the people of Israel that God has 
set them aside for a special purpose, and that was an awesome privilege that he, that he had given them. And he's saying, just look around you at all the other nations. None of them have been given what you've been given. You have a personal living God compared to all those non-living idols that are just made of stone or, or wood. In verse 7, he says here, Then what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God whenever we call on him? And he's reminding them, your God hears and answers prayer. Theirs doesn't. You have a personal God. And he also reminds them of this. And he has given you righteous laws. Verse 8, Or what great nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as this whole law which I'm setting before you today? God's laws, you see, were given for the good of his people, and they are right for all, and they make sense. As we think about the nation we live in today, we are not the nation of Israel, and we do not have that same privileged nation status that Old Testament Israel had, but I do believe that we've been blessed these many years because we were founded on biblical principles, and, and God's moral law shaped our laws in this country for, for years and years. And as we see much of our nation stray far away from God's word today, I believe we can expect God to, at times, withhold his blessing. However, for us who are true believers in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and who take the Bible then as God's holy word, we, we ought to be encouraged at the same time that God still hears our prayers and that he answers them, and his moral law is still righteous and good for us to seek to follow. Fifthly today, give heed to yourself. Because you could permanently forget what you've seen, he's saying here. Look at verse 9. Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently so that you do not forget the things which your eyes have seen, and they do not depart from your heart. For how long? For all of the days of your life, he says, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. And this is the heart of what I want to share with you today, really. Whether you are one that grew up going to church in Sunday school or not, whether you hardly ever miss church these days or hardly ever come, whether you know all the Ten Commandments from memory or you need a refresher on them, give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, he says here. There is nothing more important in all of the world than to be concerned about your eternal soul. And, and sin is deceptive. It, it lures you. It, it trips you up. It, it distracts us from the things that really matter in life and from eternity. And it's possible then to fall out of the habit of hearing God's word and praying and, and worshiping with other believers so much so that we don't even realize it or care about what we're missing. And we permanently then could lose for this life and possibly for eternity. And Moses is urging that instead we give heed to ourselves, lest we fall away. And he's urging instead that we would make then God's statutes, God's judgments known to our children and our grandchildren. I want you to think about this. How does it happen? How does a nation founded on Christian principles, end up where we are today. We can tend to blame one or the other of the political parties, or past or current presidents or government leaders, but we've ended up 
with the moral malaise in our country largely because parents have not passed on the faith to their children. They have not taken heed to themselves and their own spiritual lives. And some have thought, you know, it would still be good for our kids to have some kind of a faith. And, and uh, in many cases, they've hoped that the church would, would teach their kids a bit of the Bible and give them some spiritual training. But you see, if it is not also then lived out at home, the kids see right through it. And thus the statistics about the high percentage of church kids who walk away from the faith during their college years, some of them never to return. Pastor Jason Holt is um, the FLC Youth Ministries director, and he shared a quote recently that really drove that point home to me. He was quoting Dr. Jim Burns, and he said this, When spiritual conversations about Jesus are happening at home, a child is then 300% more likely to stick with their faith after they leave home. You catch that? When spiritual conversations about Jesus are happening at home, then a child is 300% more likely to stick with their faith after they leave home. Well, our pastors and deacons and our Board of Education here at Maranatha have been concerned about that. We, we've been reading and, and meeting and, and praying about how we might come alongside parents and encourage them more in their role of nurturing their children in the Christian faith. We have some ideas we're going to be sharing with you as we go along this year. One of them is something called Milestones, and you're going to hear more about that and, and get a little brochure like this next week in your bulletin. Um, there's some information on that on, on one of the tables out there as well. So I'm going to share more about that next week. But I want to just highlight one other thing connected to that faith at home focus um, today. And on the table out in the fellowship hall there, um, in the corner over by the library, um, there's a table with a bunch of fun little bags like this, and they're intended to be one for each uh, family that has kids here. And inside the bag there are various resources uh, and some candy down there it looks like. Um, that uh, it's intended just to encourage you and, and your families. Uh, and one of them is this thing here. It, it's called dippers. And it's kind of interesting. Um, just want to encourage you to, to take a look at these here as well. And, and by the way, maybe, um, maybe many of you, I, I trust many do, already have some kind of a plan in place where, where you take time somehow regularly to uh, talk about spiritual things in your home. And I, I sure encourage you in that. Uh, one of the ones that comes to my mind is this Bible story book, and uh, we've been giving this out here um, whenever we have a baptism. And uh, it just a great um, book covering all kinds of uh, examples of the accounts in the Old and New Testament of God interacting with his people, and great pictures with it that it can uh, draw your kids into that. And I know for us, when our kids were younger, that was one pattern that we found did work was that consistent pattern of just reading a Bible story and, and praying with them at night before we tucked them into bed. Um, but maybe some of you are at a different stage in your families or, or could use a, diff, a fresh approach or something to add. And uh, this might be something that would help you. It's uh, called Dippers. You could, you, three to seven minutes, I think, would cover it adequately. There's three different colors in here of little cards like this. And one of them is on God the Father, one on God the Son, one on the Holy Spirit. Uh, so of the three colors, and on each of them, there, there's a, then a verse or a little short scripture to read, and on the back side, then a question. 
Think about what does this tell us about Jesus, for instance, here, and then a short prayer. And uh, it's something you could use just even around your, your dinner table or, or whenever it is that you would be together just for a few moments. And, and if you're not used to doing anything like this at all, you might just uh, consider trying it this week, maybe even just one day, and, and uh, give that a try and see what you find from that. Uh, Moses' farewell speech here was saying, take heed. Take heed to yourself and to your family to nurture your own faith and that of your children. Because if you forget God's word yourself and you don't deliberately pass it on, then what happens for your kids and for your grandkids and their faith? One more point from Moses today and one more location that he brings up here to remember. And he says, remember that day at Horeb or at Sinai when God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. Verse 10 here, Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb when the Lord said to me, Assemble a people to me that I may let them hear my words so that they would learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth and that they may teach their children. And just some things concerning that day at Horeb then. He said, I had you assemble and listen and learn to fear the Lord. That was the goal of that day. And you know, it tells us in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we grasp the awesomeness of God, then that helps us think through how we conduct our lives. And we, when we go through the commandments in the next weeks, we're going to see that with the commandments and explanation in, in the catechism, each one of them then starts out, we should fear and love God so that we, and you'll notice that. Well, Moses says to the people of Israel as he nears the end of his life, then remember what you saw there at Horeb. Remember how it burned with fire and there was also darkness and cloud and thick gloom. And, and, and then also, remember what you didn't see there. You didn't see God's form. Because the real God is different from all of those false gods. They, they're just idols made with human hands. But he's the maker of all of the universe, including mankind himself. And he is so awesome that mankind couldn't even stand then to be in his presence and, and to look at his form. And, and so there was this darkness and thick clouds to protect you from seeing the awesome holiness of God. So he says, remember what you did see, remember what you didn't see, and remember what you heard. You heard his covenant. You heard those Ten Commandments. And the weeks ahead, we're going to look at them. And, and you know, Jesus really summed up all ten with, with two. He, he said... It's to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And as we go through each commandment, you're going to see something else. You're going to see that we are unable to perfectly keep them. We humans tend to love other things ahead of God often. And we are by nature selfish, and we fail to love our neighbor as we ought. And so the commandments then are given by God partly to drive us to this essential realization, and that, and that is that we are all in great trouble daily sinning against God and our neighbor, and our only hope is that God would be merciful to us and forgive us. And that's what he has promised to do through his son Jesus Christ as he went to the cross for us. And Moses is saying here then, remember what you've seen and heard, and remember the reason you saw and heard these things is so that you would then have a living faith relationship with Almighty God yourself, and you'd also pass it on to the next generations so that they would learn 
to fear and love the Lord as well. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord God, for your word and for what you have taught us even through Moses as he came to the end of his life with this impressed so strongly on his heart. He had to pass it on to those people that he had led that they would listen to your word and that they would seek to follow it, that they would recognize your awesomeness. Remember that you are a jealous God and, and uh, you bring judgment on those who have no regard for you and who ignore you and your word. But you also are there for all who will look to you, who will humble themselves and ask for forgiveness in Jesus Christ and, and who will look to your Holy Spirit to empower us to live out the Christian life. Oh Lord, help us that we would take heed in our own lives to be nurturing that faith and also passing it on to our children, our grandchildren, and, and others of the next generation all around us. We ask your blessing, Lord, on, on our Sunday school year and, and the ministries here for children and for youth. And, and Lord, we pray that you would help us, that, that this would be a partnership uh, with, with parents in, in homes, uh, training our, our young people in the faith so that they'd walk with you all of their life. Uh, we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.